0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our praises, honor, and glory belong to the Almighty God. I give honor to Pastor Noah. Yeah. And to Pastor Adriel. To all of you, God's children. And thank you so much for the invitation, um, sight unseen. Um, Before I go into the scripture, I, I, I just want to make a comment about your trip. I took a civil rights tour trip in October. Birmingham, Selma, Montgomery, Memphis. And I did a presentation, I put together a presentation of that trip that I haven't had an opportunity to present. So, If you need me, (laughs) I would be glad to share with you what I experienced. It was uh, truly an experience, so you can keep that in mind. Our scripture today comes from St. John, the 15th verse, chapter, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 11, and I'd like to Read that before we do the discussion questions, if that's okay. Beginning at the first verse, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers, doers, and believers of his holy word. The question... First question, what is the difference between joy and happiness? And the second question, share about a time you experienced joy. If you're a Christian, can you think of a time you experienced joy because of other believers? To go with your topic, kind of, tweaked it a little bit. And for an afterthought, I want to use Jesus, the center of my joy. And emphasis is going to be on that 11th verse. And I thought about When I was a young child, and I was once upon a time, we used to sing this song by George William Cook. And the name of the song was I've Got Joy Down in My Heart. And it went something like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart down in my heart to stay there's some other verses too but anyway i along with many other children we sang that song through our childhood years and we were really joyous about singing it our little hearts are just bubbling over and we were so happy and so glad as we exuberantly would would sing this song as we were taught the joy of knowing the almighty god Well, unfortunately, as we grew up, down through the years, things started happening to steal away our joy. We live in a time now, as you think about it, when everyone seems to be carrying their feelings on their sleeves. People are angry, polarized, tensions are high. But Robert Louis Stevenson said at life's end that to miss joy is to miss everything. And that's one of the greatest tragedies of our modern day society. Are we really supposed to experience joy? Sometimes it would appear that we don't think so. A keen observer of Christians once said that Christians seem to have a religion that's like a headache. It makes them miserable. They don't want to get rid of the head, but it hurts to keep it. Well, perhaps you're one of those people today who've lost your joy, and in fact, I believe that all of us at one time or another have lost our joy, for joy is more simple happiness. Joy is a directive that is based for the Christian on their faith, and in our Christian journey, we find that joy is the opposite of happiness, for happiness is the reaction to an action Whereas joy is an action that is derived from God. And I heard that over here. Joy is an attribute of God produced in us by the Holy Spirit. And when we experience joy, especially among Christians, we know that it's been supernaturally supplied by God. The believers in the church are to be concerned for each other's joy. There's one thing that brings a church together quicker than anything else, and that is unity. And that unity is coming because we are concerned about each other's joy. But joy is disturbed when there is criticism, dissatisfaction, grumbling, murmuring, clicks, opposition, and a host of other divisive negatives. But I heard today we're planning. Yes, we are to worship, to plan, to organize, to build, to staff, to finance, to minister, and to serve, in the joy of Christ. Well, the great African-American gospel music artist, composer, pianist, and arranger Richard Smallwood, in collaboration with the American gospel music artist and songwriter William J. Gather, and his wife Gloria, wrote a song, and the song was entitled Center of My Joy. And the Course says things well. It says, Jesus, you are the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment, hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Now, I may get a little emotional as I talk about Jesus, but that's all right, because I'm old school. You see, all people have a center of their joy. And all people have a heart of their joy. All people have an essence of their joy. You might call it the apple of your eye. Somebody else, the cherry of my pie, the cream of the crop, my funny valentine, my pride and joy, my prized possession. It may be a loved one, It may be a special family member. It may be a sparkling jewel. Maybe it's designer clothing. (laughs) It may be the latest sneakers, a sports car, a new home, a new job, all these things. All these things and all these ideas are worthy of recognition. But I come to let you know that none of these things, can equal the center of my joy. For Jesus is all that and some. And Jesus is the center of my joy. Because one thing I've learned in the 73 years is that possessions come and possessions go. People come and people go. Loved ones are with you, but loved ones go but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. (laughs) I wonder how many of us are here this morning are known as being joyful saints. Do you know that one of the greatest tragedies in, in this world today and in our modern church is joyless Christians, gloomy Christians, And by the way, some people who call themselves Christians live, you might wonder, are they really Christians? Do you really think that Jesus came out of the grave, or is he still in there? I don't know of anything that hurts the cause of Jesus and the church any more than a joyless, gloomy Christian. And there is no greater evidence that Jesus lives and that Jesus saves than a born-again, spirit-filled, joyful Christian. Now, there an in here today. For Psalm 102 says to serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> Nehemiah says, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then we sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. And yet, the world sees very little joy coming from the lives of those who sing it the most. You say, but how can I experience joy while facing life's tragedies? Yes, we've had a lot of it lately. Well, when it comes to John 15, you see, Jesus was facing the cross. Jesus was facing a beating. Jesus was facing some nails. Jesus was facing the mockery of a trial. And look what it says in verse 11. It says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What we need today is the wonderful joy of Jesus. It's the birthmark of every child of God. Yes, Jesus is the center of my joy. The last verse in chapter 14 tells us that Jesus and his disciples are about to leave the upper room. They're headed to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus will pray his great high priestly prayer and will later be arrested by the mob that's led by Judas. Apparently, Jesus speaks the words which make up chapters 15 and 16 en route to the garden. For back in John 14, 27, Jesus talked about his peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now, it's wonderful when we can get out of the ditch of despair and onto the pathway of peace. That's fine. But do you know what's even better? You may wonder, how could anything be better than having peace during the storms of life? It's having his joy added to his peace. For you see, he not only makes available to his children his peace, but his joy, because Jesus is (laughs) the center of my joy. This morning, my brothers and sisters, you can experience the wonderful joy of Jesus. See, joy is not something you can work up. Joy is something only God can work in. And in this chapter, Jesus pictured for us as the true vine. And during this time of year, mid-April, the grapevines would be beginning to blossom with the promise of a fresh harvest. As Jesus walked with his disciples, Perhaps he reached out and took a vine in his hands and used it to teach an object lesson to his men. His desire is to teach them about the most vital relationship they have in their lives, the one that is with Jesus and his Father. We might ask ourselves, why did Jesus teach them now? Well, the answer is simple. They needed it. These men have just been informed that Jesus is going away, but that his work is going to continue. And that is to continue through them and their lives. If they were to carry on the work of the Lord, then they needed to know how to produce that kind of fruit in their lives. We need to know how to produce that kind of fruit in our lives. They needed to know how to let a dying world know that Jesus is the center of their joy. And this morning, we are 2,000 years removed from that night, but the work of the Lord has not stopped. The work of the Lord still marches forth. You see, God is still working through his followers, through the followers of Jesus Christ to accomplish his work and his will in this world today. And many of us may sit here and wonder, how are we supposed to do the work of the Lord and how can we produce that kind of fruit in our own lives? Well, the answer is found in these verses because Jesus is the center of our joy, then what is our desire? Our desire is to become genuine disciples. And as genuine disciples, we are to bear fruit for the glory of the Lord. Those who abide in the true vine can rest assured of certain and precious, sure promises. You see, when Jesus is the center of your joy, then you can experience an unhindered prayer life. Why? Because when we are abiding as we should be, and when we are drawing our life from Jesus, then his will will be our will. And if we're doing everything in God's will, then every time that we pray, and everything we pray for will be in His will and will fit perfectly with His will. Therefore, He will grant our requests. Right. Hallelujah. When Jesus is the center of your joy, you can experience an unending love. For Jesus loves all men, He's not picky. He loves all, but those who are abiding him in him have entered into a special deep relationship. That word relationship is important because a lot of people don't understand that you need to have a relationship with God. And this is the promise of the vine to the branches. When Jesus is the center of your joy, you can experience an uncommon joy. For joy is not happiness, people, which depends upon happenings. But it is a deep, settled inner pleasure. I heard that too. It is the deep, settled assurance and confidence in our relationship with the Father and with Christ that fills the heart with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And that ignites the heart to serve God. We who are Christians cannot truly say that Jesus is the center of my joy unless we serve him faithfully. We cannot say that Jesus is the center of my joy unless we serve him fearlessly. We cannot say that Jesus is the center of my joy unless we serve him unselfishly. We cannot say that Jesus is the center of my joy unless we serve him with a single purpose. We cannot say that Jesus is the center of my joy unless we call him Lord. We have to say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. Whose joy, verse 11 says, Jesus' joy. Jesus said, my joy. For Jesus is the source of joy. And you will never, never have a part, have joy apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, the Greek word, have to throw a little bit of that in here, chara that Jesus used here is translated joy, and it speaks of delight or rejoicing, feeling of inner gladness. I'm glad today that my joy is not determined by my circumstances. I'm glad today that my joy is not determined by happiness. For you see, if something were to transpire to cause the thing that made you happy to expire or dissolve or disappear, such as a new home, yes, you get that beautiful home and then it becomes termite-infested. Guess what? Your happiness is gone. Yes, you get a new job and then all of a sudden that new job is terminated due to downsizing. Guess what? Your happiness is eradicated. And then you get a new love. Oh, yeah. And then that new love becomes a dud. Then that happiness is evaporated. Oh, yes, you get a new car and do like I did. Broke, had an accident in January. Just got the part. I take it in on Wednesday. They're going to keep it to June 20th. But guess what? Happiness can be dissipated. But joy, the joy. The strength provided to believers enables us to face the adversity and to endure. You see, joy allows us to say in the times of trouble that Jesus is the center of my joy. And because he's the center of my joy, I can face tomorrow. Hallelujah, praise his name. You see, joy is the result of recognizing that God is good even in the midst of my trials. Joy sustains us during difficulties because we realize that though happiness may be fleeting, the joy of the Lord is still my strength. And since he is the giver of it, nothing can take it away. Because the world didn't give it. And because the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. You see, joy is not in response to something, but it's due to our anticipation of the ability of God, because even if God doesn't do it, guess what? I know he can. I know he can, so that when the winds blow and the breakers dash, we know that our soul is anchored, hallelujah, and we can shout that Jesus is the center of my joy. Richard Smallwood says when I've lost my direction you're the compass for my way you're the fire and the light when the nights are long and cold in sadness you are the laughter that shatters all my fears and when I'm all alone your hand is there to hold you are why I find pleasure in the simple things in life you're the music In the meadows and the streams, the voices of the children, my family, and my home, you're the source and finish of my highest dream. See, when folk talk about you or abuse you, just remember, Jesus is the center of your joy. And when it seems like all hope is gone and you just can't endure anymore, just remember Jesus is the center of your joy oh yes and every once in a while we will be afflicted but the joy that God has given us will keep us from being crushed down or beaten down we may be perplexed or have questions or every once in a while ask what, where, when you know all stuff they told you in school why but the joy of the Lord has given us strength not to allow us to be controlled by our circumstances. We may be persecuted, misused, abused, lied on, cheated, but because of the joy that he has given freely, he didn't charge us for it, freely, we can just rest upon the knowledge that we are not forsaken Because he has never forsaken the righteous. Jesus, you are the Lamb of God. Jesus, you are the one who's taken away the sins of the world. Jesus, I confess that you are my Savior. Jesus, you are the Son who made himself nothing. Taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. Hallelujah. Coming through 42 generations. Hallelujah. Going around doing your ministry. Hallelujah. Going to the cross just with me. Hallelujah. Jesus, you took on my sins. Hallelujah. The sins of the world. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They buried you but they put you in a bear, in a borrowed tomb. How do we know it's going to be borrowed? Because <laughs> we knew that you were going to give it back. Hallelujah. You're coming back one day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are the center. You are the center. The center of my joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. We thank you for your power. We thank you for loving us. Father, we thank you for this church. And, Father, we just thank you for these pastors and these leaders. And, Father, we just pray as I know that your word did go forth and that it will do whatever you sent it to do, Father. It will touch those hearts that were intended to be touched. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus, who is the center of my joy.